Hiya Cozies, Ben Weber here. This is episode 48, Side B of Cozy Zone with me, Ben Weber, W.T. McRae on Battle Day. W.T. and I conclude our juicy conversation in Astoria, investigating such topics as maps, anxiety, and Tom of Findland's glistening muscle men. Enjoy Side B. I wonder though... Maybe, and maybe this is wrong, but like you, you said is a myth of our time, right? Yeah. Which means maybe it's not real. However, myths also create meaning and, and dictate the way that we do live our lives. We, right. like we live our lives in, the, in terms of the myth of the American dream. You know what I mean? We, we believe that if we work hard enough, we will be rewarded for it. And that, right. is, and which may or may not be true based on a, a, broken society you know which is like more of these like archetypes we perform right right right. i am a father banker right you know i am a right and and i think i don't know but there i feel a comfort in purity of form like i i mean i like i mean i definitely like challenging boundaries and things like that but i also notice that in my body there's a like Oh, he's a writer. Okay, like I know what that is. Like, oh, he's a bio major. Yeah, I, know, I know. I know what, what he's is. gonna do. Like, he has I, yeah, two like forms. Yeah, and, and oh, and pop up behind me. I don't and know. And this, and I wonder, <laughs> like, this is also a conversation that's related to anxiety too. Like that, you know, I. I want to help people clarify what they're doing like that. Like I'm reading this book about codependency right now. Okay. Uh, and Am I in it? No, you're not in it. No, I'm in it. Be. I'm in it. Uh, then and maybe you're in it. Too. I think we're all in haven't it. gotten to my chapter. Yet. Yeah. Not, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, but just the, this idea I'm in the like, you know, helpful, like uh, what is it? Uh, caretaking, helpful part you know where people are helpful without being asked and anticipating <laughs> needs and i'm like yeah i like before i started that chapter it's like oh my god i'm so good at anticipating needs like people don't even need to worry about it like i and it's just like it's like if you do this you're sick and it's like oh no oh god oh god but i wonder like this is a strange link but between like did you like write the author and tell him like uh, I'll take care of you. You don't have to think I'm sick anymore. No, not yet. Not yet. Because it was on the train and I didn't have time, but I definitely made a note to do it later. Um, I guess, like, I know that I have comfort when I categorize things, when I can put things into a, a knowable category. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and I think... I think I actually do that a lot on this podcast. I'm like, oh, so what you're saying is is this thing that makes sense in, within my schema. Sweet. But it, ne- it, it necessarily closes down uh, options. It, it necessarily silences 
other channels, other pathways, other things. You know what I mean? Like, certainly we need it. We need to make categories to make meaning. But also, there are other things that are true simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm one of those people that has, like, sort of uh, uh, syllogisms that, like, keep me alive. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I say all the time is, like, more than one thing can be true at a time. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. I say that to myself too. Yeah, I mean for for me like uh part of my part of my growth process in life r- required me to sort of sit with things being two things at once. You know, like m- moments in life where like I didn't do good enough and I did the best I could and moments in life where like people that uh I had needs from in my life didn't do good enough didn't meet my needs but also like did the best they could uh that kind of that kind of like dichotomy and gray area was it was really like painful and challenging for me to align and this idea that like it can be both yeah it can be both you can be like you can like love someone and think that they like kicked ass for what they were given and still feel really like let down or wronged yeah. by them yeah um so, you know, I guess like in some ways, like there's like a recurring pattern for me around like sitting on the line or like mm-hmm. uh, holding, holding the liminal spaces, yeah. uh, which I think is hard. I think it's like one of the great challenges of being human. I think Absolutely. It's, you know, I think it's part of the like political unrest in our nation right now. Yeah. It's like, it is really comfortable for things to be like this or that. Yeah. Yeah. That hard edge is like, great. I know how to press against it. Totally. Um, and so, you know, like one of the ways I think about, about, uh, creative process came up for me when you were talking about like putting things in boxes and the way that that like makes meaning is that I, I, I think of creative process and structure a lot in terms of like mapping, you know, and when you, when you lay something when you lay a complex reality out over a map, regardless of whether the map is even correlative, the map reveals something about what you lay over it. And if you lay a bunch of like hard to name, hard to understand things over the same map for a while, you start to, you start to have a sense of truth and a sense of order and a way to respond to these complexities can you tell me about a map that you've been working with recently? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of work. A lot of my process is like artist as scientist, you know, I, I'm frequently working from a place of research question. So it's like, you know, then, then I create a structure, whether that's for myself in a studio by myself or like the way I arrange things on a page or like, uh, if, if this is the question, like, for example, I spent a month where I was doing a drawing every day and I drew the same circle on this, on every page of a notebook. And I like drew inside that circle. And it was because I was, I was trying to think about like, um, how, how silhouette expresses inside a container um, and how how breaking a frame can create dynamics in a drawing. 
And so that was like, my, th those were my research questions. I think the concept of artist as scientist gives me a lot of relief about like owning a form because if you have a research question, the methodology needs to serve that question, whatever it, it is, right? And mm -hmm. presumably, does a silhouette, like how does a silhouette react inside a frame? Your particular methodology at that time was illustration, but it could be on a stage. Yeah, it could totally. be in with paint. It could be in fashion. It could be with textile. It, it doesn't matter. And, and you have the... It, it, you have, I mean, your your relationship, your allegiance is to the question, yeah. and the therefore the form matters less. The form becomes a tool. Yeah, yeah, which is very relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we finally relax. I know, God, cozy zone. I the the acoustics in this room are delicious. Yeah, they are kind of nice. I really like it. Oh boy. Uh, uh. Uh, I'm, I, can we talk about a little bit more about, uh, is it Tom of, of Finland? Sure. So these, you know, these, these bulging, shiny rumps and abs and things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I love them too. And well, they're, I mean, they're like, there's something about the way that they lean into this cultural normative conception. But I also believe actually that like uh, as an American male post generations of pop culture that like uh, I wrote about this in college a little bit. Like I think, I think your sense of male identity is inescapably linked to Tom of Finland. Mm. So um, <laughs> like as an American male. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, because like, uh, a lot of our pervasive sense of Tom of Finland comes from Physique Pictorial. Do you know about Physique Pictorial no, magazine? No, I'm not sure. Uh, you couldn't publish gay pornography in the U.S. Okay. And so, so there was a press that like created uh, this like muscle mag. It was like it was called Physique Pictorial, and it was like this like uh, bodybuilders digest that was really just these like. Uh, deliciously gratuitous images of the male form and sort of uh, over the course of physique pictorials publication like the boundaries continued to get like pushed about how like queer and sexualized that could be and and it was it was like early gay male pornography mm -hmm. and so uh, a lot of a lot of the a lot of Tom of Finland's art appeared in those pages mm. and I think that if you look at like the evolution of male iconography, that like those images inform our whole sense of male identity and male beauty in terms of like the idealized form, you know, like the images of fix physique pictorial cut to like my childhood where Marky Mark is like on a billboard in Times Square in his underpants. And it's the same image. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, deeply homoerotic in and and like overinflated and like probably human growth hormone or steroids to like it's not even like a highly probable body right <laughs> you know? right it's like a, and like w you look at our movie stars today like they're these improbable male bodies they're yeah. like built of 
sort of uh, uh, perversions of the of the system. Yeah, and they're amazing. It's like I, you know, wow, wow. <laughs> you know, for because of because of the current political climate, like I. I can't help but make connections between these bodies and like labor. And so you have like, you have these very strong bodies that, Mm. that are built or created only for titillation, for entertainment to be consumed. But like, I feel like Tom of Finland there, the guys are always busy a little bit doing stuff. Aren't they like they're fixing some car, like they're, doing work. I don't know if that's true, but that's sort of the... Well, maybe they, maybe they often imply a distraction from work yeah. just previously happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. We were fixing the car. Right, and right. Now we're, you know... Now we're... Uh, fillating each other yeah. on top of it. Yeah. But but I think that's, like, because I, I think they're very... Like, they're sim- not dissimilar to, like workers murals too like the bodies of like strong men and women like depicted on like diego rivera murals yeah 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 i mean they're you know they're they're like cops and mechanics and like cowboys yeah yeah strong workers and and marky mark is not also I, i don't know what that means exactly i mean if you're sitting you know if you're on a billboard i mean you're a rap worker yeah yeah no i mean but like i think that he was allowed to like he was he was like titillating in that space because he was like this you know from the like rough neighborhoods of of boston right you know like he's like this um this sort of like rough trade icon yeah but like even though even though he comes from this sort of uh rough upbringing like he's got this like (laughs) sparkling face and this perfect body right you know, you're, I don't know. I think, I think it's really, uh, it speaks a lot of the, the way that we love a duality. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm also thinking know. that like, in terms of my own self perception of my maleness or my, you know, okay. maleness as attractive, you know, that I, I am not. I am not a Tom of Finland drawing. Like I, I feel I would feel closer to, like feminine. Like my appeal is more feminine. Doesn't sure. exist with like hard labor, fixing a car, or doing right. like hard work, and so it, that's very strange. Like I don't feel like I have access to like burly work as sexy. <laughs> I don't know what that. I'm just throwing that out there. Like where, where? I mean, I, for the record, I don't feel especially burly most of the time. Okay. Either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I like play it in my head. Yeah. And I, I don't actually. That's fair. Like what? Mm. In, the thing in my head is usually like servant or mm. like it's submissive or small or you know that kind of thing. That's that's the that's the fun that I have in my head. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to wonder, like, you know, I wonder, like, what the what the relationship of like our sexual identities plays in that. Yeah, you know that, like, I I was cast so much growing up in like a weak secondary role. Yeah, as like an obvious queer kid. Um, 
that like I think a lot of my fantasy life does revolve around like being this like hyper masculine mm. dominant spirit or subverting that like it's it's also like I think you know like it's always both right 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 it's like both being totally in charge of whatever situation and like not. right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so uh, all the shadows of everything everything is true at once yeah well i mean it's uh uh you know when we sort of investigate our own personal mythologies it's like anything that's deeply true about you the exact opposite of it tends to be true about you yeah even if it's in the way that like because that thing's so true about you everything is in reaction to the opposite yep or yep i feel like what i'm saying just lost meaning but no no i i i think I'm trying to remember more of my dreams and uh, oftentimes my dreams are like me as myself in opposition to some sort of malevolent force, like, you know, some, some like horrible, like drunk guy or some like monstrous man who is different than me. And, you know, my, my lovely therapist suggests that, well, maybe, that ugly monstrous man that's a part of you too that you're uh, trying to i don't know separate or, or make peace with and so i think I, I guess what you're saying is i just wanted to validate what you're saying that yet like all of these things are part of us even if we are working so hard to create this psychic other yeah. and we're like oh look over there look at that horrible monster who's not me but it's of course it's you too because it's part of your consciousness yeah, and our reactions to that horrible monster yeah. because of how much we identify with that horrible yeah. monster yeah i think are you a fight club fan yeah do you like that film yeah i have this long very like hotly contested theory that both tyler durden and Mar- uh, marla is that her name oh yeah i think they're both expressions of edward norton's psyche ah yeah um, Cause she does she exist? We don't know. I mean, I mean, most people interpret as she exists and and Tyler Durden doesn't. Right. But I uh, I just think there's all this like interesting imagery around like uh, penguins and like male role and mm. the like femininity of mm-hmm. male role, and particularly in the way the film is made. Maybe this is like my interpretation of the mm-hmm. image. But the final image when they're standing there, he's like he's got his head all distressed. And so the silhouette, he's in like just a, a, a overcoat mm-hmm. and she's in like a s- sports suit, like with a skirt. Okay. And so when they zoom out and everything's blowing up in that final sequence, mm-hmm. they're just in silhouette standing side by side mm. and they take hands and their silhouette is like almost identical. Mm. And I just see it as like him accepting his inner femininity. Wow after he's like killed this hyper-masculine identity he's fighting. I don't know. I, I tend to think that it's, that's what that film's about, but maybe that's cause that's what my life is about. Maybe, but it also <laughs> like, it also offers this really productive method of compassion too, that like thinking that, you know, what if everyone is just a projection of ourself that's a it's a lot of responsibility then for all those other people who aren't you but i don't know or that the like way we react to them is just a project and projection yeah. of ourselves yeah but i mean i don't know like there just there's clearly a need for 
everyone just to get along, you know, like there needs to, there, there, it's not useful. All of the isms that are happening, racism and, and the cut in a Beatles tune here. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I'm making a note. Right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just, it, the, there needs to be more compassion yeah. in the world. In, in those people making the big decisions that affect us all, in our own micro-decision-making. Oh, it's in, it's in all of us. Yeah. I mean, I think... This is why like, I have this tattoo. Um, WT is, is dragging his finger around a bee uh, surrounded by other bees. It's, I imagine, a queen bee with her worker bees. Um, it's actually just a grouping of bees made in the shape of a heart. Ah, and it was uh, uh, an effort I made as a New York City resident to work with the mantra, be love, mm. be love, don't be other things, just That's be nice. love. Because there was a point where I was starting to ask, like, can I stay in this city? And and I was just finding, like, my anger so available. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just so, and still, I mean, I still, like, I'm, it's often very available. Yeah. The audacity of people to be in my way or yeah. bump into me or like, yeah. you know, smell, have smelly food next to me yeah. when I'm, you know, like, yeah, where it's a very crowded, loud life. And like, it's so easy to find my anger. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, that's not really who I want to be when I wake up in the morning. An angry person. Yeah. So in an effort to like find more compassion, I was like really trying to change me first. Mm. And so I started, I started just like uh, starting every day and like starting every journey with this idea, be love, be mm. love, just be love. It helps. It eventually, <laughs> it eventually shifted to something much darker, which I'm like almost anxious to say out loud, but <laughs> uh, my husband and I started this joke, which was like, you never know, right? Like that person might have gotten raped on their way to work, <laughs> which we said in like this really like dark sense of irony. Like, um, but it that was like the next turn of what helped me not be a jerk. Yeah, you don't know people's experience. Yeah, you like really don't know. You don't no. know. You don't know. You just don't know. No, and in turn, people don't know your experience. Yeah, um, and it's understandable that like that they don't know your experience and. Yeah, I I think that's a great thing to be love, to offer that. I hope so. I mean, it helps. Yeah. I'd like to try that. Do it. Be love. Be love. Be love. Don't be other things. No. One of my mentors, like this really amazing woman, uh, Erin Miley O'Keefe, she's magnificent. Uh, She said to me, like, you know... People think a lot of things, but I think every human action is an action to receive love. And like, that's one of those things that that like I accept at varying levels and various moments. There are a lot of human actions where like the complexity of how that can be true confounds me. But yeah, but there's like enough truth in it to like help me get through a day. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love that. WT, should we, uh, should we get ready to go to Babel rehearsal? Hey, you want to go to Babel? You want to come roll around a bit? Yeah, definitely. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you there. Cool. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Cozy Zone with me, Ben Weber. This was episode 48, W.T. McRae on Babel Day, side B. Join us next time after a sweaty session of Babel company training for side C. It's awkward and then it's Cozy Zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing is cozy zone.